What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 110. And we are starting a new uh, series. Uh, this time uh, we just finished up the crazy Kojima game, Death Stranding. And now we're moving on to Inscription. Another weird which game. Which is a, another weird game. Uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello. And a returning guest host, Anthony. Anthony? Oh, I didn't... This, the, the, the setup of this, this recording system has me fooled. I, this was my game of the year, everybody. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also beaten the game, yes. so... Um, you're going to play the, the role of Jay Lee. Oh, God. All uh, right. Of... of Asking us questions I'm gonna and let trying you to down, lead us in I'm no the Jay. wrong directions. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, Inscription is actually a relatively new game. Came out in 2021, uh, October, I believe, of 2021, uh, exclusively for the PC. Uh, have they said if they're ever going to release this on consoles at all? No, uh, but I, I, I don't know if it would work on consoles. Yeah, yeah, probably. It, it's uh, very mouse reliant, and I don't think a controller would real really feel great. Yeah, I mean, some other card games have worked on consoles, but you know this this is this is one of the types of games that I do sit down at my PC intending to play. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. I, well, just the way that the the board works, um, yeah. I just don't think. I think a controller would be too obvious of what is going on because the board obviously uh, invites you to sort of reach across it at times um, and a controller would have to have the controls explained to you well I think anyone that's going to sit down and play this is going to somewhat understand how a first person game on the PC plays. This should not be your right. first PC game, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as we do with uh, our um, new series, we always talk about our history with the game. Uh, I, my history is pretty simple. Uh, I had never heard this game until Anthony talked about it. And... Um, I started noticing a few people online talking about it, like on Twitter and stuff like that, um, saying, hey, it's, it's, I, I, I compared it to on our game of the year episode to how people felt when they first played Undertale, where there's more to it than what you're led to believe. Some people also mentioned Frog Fractions, which was a, Flash game? I think Frog or, Fractions like, is a better descriptor. Um, yeah. Because I think it, like Frog Fractions ultimately uh, changes but is is a consistent thing that is uh, I, I mean Undertale I guess spoilers for Undertale is very meta um, but it's a commentary on video games. And, like, Frog Fractions is just, like, weird. Yeah. And, it, like, 
if you look at Undertale, like obviously it was inspired by Earthbound, but it also took some stuff from Moon, uh, a remix RPG. Um, it, it, it that's such a unique Undertale, is such a unique experience that I, I would say that this, um, yeah, Frog Fractures is probably a better descriptor. The, the previous games from this game dev is actually a really good place to kind of understand what it is, but we'll talk about that inevitably. Yeah, I I have never heard of any of this guy, this guy's games. So, I um, I mean, you've played his his other games before. I've played one of them. Uh, I have okay. not played the Hex, but I have played Pony Island. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, my history is I heard it for, about you, and I picked it up on a sale. It was already on sale somehow. I can't. Remember I want to say it was but... just the um, December sale. Yeah, the Steam sale. Um, was it no- normally twenty dollars? I man, you're asking the wrong person because all my prices. Give me a second. I'm on my review. Yeah, it's twenty bucks. Yeah, I think I picked it up for like fourteen ninety nine, something like that. I, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that's that's my history with it, Matt. I'm assuming it's about the same for you. Yeah, about the same. I mean, most of the, I I hadn't heard really anything about it until it came up in a discussion that hey, you know, you might want to check this out, and you know, seeing people talk about it on Twitter, you know, I, <laughs> as much as I was like, oh, I wonder what this game is about. You know, the first things I heard were don't don't look anything up about this game, just just play it. Um, which <laughs> you know, it's tough to get excited about a game if you don't look anything up about it. So I, you know, I tried to just peek around the edges and say, all right, what is the thing? And then, you know, will I be interested? I'm glad that I was, I'm glad that what I heard first was that it was kind of horror themed and kind of a deck building game. Because if somebody had said roguelike, I probably would have been much less inclined to want to play it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, j- just from those kind of, you know, just positive indications on the game and, you know, just looking at it, I'm like, oh, this, this seems like something I, I might be interested in. I want to say that if anybody, I think I even may, may have used the term rogue, but um, it that's really only the first portion of this game. Uh like I said, it's very hard to describe because I don't even, at this beginning stage of this conversation, I don't want to spoil something later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that I think as a core card game, um, as a core deck building game, uh, it's very strong, which yeah. is... Something that I can't... I'm not criticizing games that I haven't played, but, like, something that fails with most card-based games is that I don't care to learn another game. I know how to play... Well, I vaguely remember how to play Pokemon. I remember, unfortunately, very well how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! And, of course, there's Magic, which never was my thing. Uh, It's kind of like a generation before me, although some people my age play it lots too um but hey matt we're old <laughs> well no we're, but we're I mean, a different like, generation like well legitimately <laughs> though like um yeah. when i was getting into pokemon magic had already been around no god so, yeah, magic started in 93 right I think. so like and i was born in 92 
So, you know, um, Magic was somebody else's Pokemon cards, essentially. So learning a new system is never interesting to me. I know Hearthstone was big. Gwent obviously exists inside The Witcher, um, which helps it out. But for the most part, I don't want to learn a new card game that's going to be one game that I play on PC, and when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, yeah. But I walk walked away from uh, Inscription wanting this to be a real card game. Yeah. Um, because the mechanics were so simple, yet allowed so much freedom and how crazy it could get. And I'm going to assume that the way we processed through this first portion was very different. So uh, um, you, you say that, um, yeah. but I can almost tell you. I did play. I played it a totally different way. So, it's it's just the 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 flexibility of using these very basic cards, um, and the way that it introduces you with essentially, um, just the animal cards is brilliant. Yeah. So that that all right. Well, before we get into that discussion anthony tell me about your history with this game because you i feel like you were excited for this game before it came out so i it's it's i like the concept somebody said escape room card game and i was like i like escape rooms it looks pretty interesting visually fuck it let's give it a shot now there was another card game that still is not out called card shark that i've been waiting for from devolver um, and, uh, this one, I think we got a code for review. Ken asked me and I said, yeah, you know what? I've been hearing good things. And at this point, maybe there was like three or four people that I saw sort of kind of talking about it online and, uh, started it up. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think there was a short gap from the first time I played to next time. And then it was every day, just more and more. Um, and I can't remember what my total time was. It's not a horribly long game either, which is nice. Uh, 12 hours was my total play time. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just an addictive game. And uh, I kind of had a back and forth with a friend who played it. I actually got someone else to play it. Uh, my friend Mark, who it, it made him ex- super excited to see the past works of this, this creator. But um I went into it not really realizing the connection to Pony Island. And um, I was talking to my friend, and I'm like, hey, what would you give this game? And he said an 8. And I'm like, well, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it's a 10. Because everything... So his thing was, like, I could see so much more. And I said, I absolutely can as well. But to me, the absence of those things doesn't take away value. Um, everything can be better. Uh, but if, if not having those aspects doesn't make it worse, I think it's perfect. And I, there's a few points where in this game where I'll, uh, as we talk that I'll be like, yeah, I wish this had kind of played out differently. Um, specifically in later conversations. Um, but wanting it to be a real card game, I think speaks, uh, more than anything that that I am was fully engaged with what this game had to offer um it, it's 
it's kind of mind-blowing that, like, I can't... Unfortunately, I just cannot sell this game to people without going, I'm going to ruin it for you. Um, it, it, it's one of my favorite games of this decade. That's that's how strong of a game I felt. And, like, I loved Psychonauts 2, um, also from last year, but, like, there's one game that keeps coming back to me, uh, gameplay-wise, just, like, how brilliant certain things were in it. And that, that's Inscription. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I went in kind of blind, and I walked away kind of feeling like everybody else. Like, yeah, you, you can't really ruin this for other people. And luckily, I think most people haven't been ruined on this game. Uh, obviously, Ken spoiled himself because he doesn't like card games, and I think he's horribly mistaken at how much enjoyment he'd get out of this, but that's whatever, that's Ken. I can't change his mind. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me, one of, one of the things you said, it was, what I really like is that they simplified the card aspect itself, because I'm, I'm kind of with you that, like, card games sometimes can be pretty complex, you know, I, you know, I still play a fair amount of Magic, and, you know, it's been going on for long enough that there are just unlimited mechanics, and games sometimes can go very, very long. I think it was a, probably a smart choice to find a way to have the rounds of this game last, I don't know what my average fight time in this game was, maybe two minutes? Yeah. So I, it's it's impressive to have games, individual card battles, that can be that fast, but still feel like you have an impact on the outcome. Right? It, it doesn't just feel like it's predetermined. And I think that's important that they can do you can have battles as, as quick as this and i think the way that they've added some positionality to it i mean we haven't gotten to the game itself yet but the fact that you know you've got you've got basically four positions you can play characters in you know it's a nice way again to kind of restrict it and force some resolution to each battle and uh it, it just reminded me a little bit of Eye of Judgment, which was one of my favorite other console-based card games or digital card games. And that had a similar kind of positional effect where, you know, there's only nine squares, you only have to get five of them, and then you win. And this is, you know, that you only have to deal, what, five damage, six damage, five? And, uh, you know, it, I think I think just that aspect of it, aside from anything else, aside from any story, any context, any themes, you know, and the individual cards themselves. I just thought they did a really good job with the scope of each battle to keep it fast-paced and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the biggest thing for me when, when playing this game was, to begin with, I was improving just as the player by... You know, just playing what's in my hand, but then I found myself after a couple hours in planning my next two moves, yeah. kind of thing. And they slowly add mechanics to you because the first few—I mean, probably my first run—I didn't even learn about bones. You know, yeah. I didn't didn't really pay attention to them. You know, and then all of a sudden, oh no, you have another currency that you can use. Oh, and also, don't forget, you can also, you know, 
use special items now yeah. that that change different things. So it, it, the way the progression in this first act of the game was damn near flawless. Yep. I was learning something new every time I failed. And I failed a good amount. It took me close to about seven hours to get through the first act. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, I died a lot. Well, especially to so, the to fishermen. Yeah. The fishermen, the, fisherman is, the fisherman is absolutely the worst boss in this entire game. No. Um, that, that, there's a, there's an element, obviously it's cards, but that's, that's not what I'm referring to. There's a, there's an element of RNG, um, especially with this first part, um, that can really ruin a run. Um, which is the reason why there is that fan mod that is a, an infinite version of this first part. I, I know that th this is how I know that we have very different, out like how we solve the problem. Like, I, my strategy was, um, attrition, like just wearing out the uh, opponent's cards through just having way too many numbers. <laughs> so yeah, my, mine was the power user. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure we'll explain it more, um, as we get to it, but, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I really... There's moments where I'm like, that wouldn't work as a multiplayer game, um, obviously, like, but uh, with a little bit of tweaking, I'm sure someone can figure it out. Um, I just love the fact that there's, um, it's like a mix of strategy and a card game, uh, or turn-based strategy, I suppose, um, and a card game, and mixed with, like, rogue elements and then a point-and-click adventure. Like, yeah, just yeah. take all the things I like and just stick them together. And we actually have a peanut butter cup instead of some sort of terrible, horrible <laughs> peanut and chocolate mess. I feel like, um, I don't know if anybody else has played it. I got a lot of vibes from Slay the Spire. If anybody's played that. No, that's another one that I've been told is really good. Um, In fact, it... it... This game feels a lot like Slay the Spire. The, the the card game and the progression on the map, choosing where to go next, that kind of thing. Yeah. It definitely feels like that. Um, it feels like Slay the Spire meets Magic the Gathering a little bit to me. That's kind of what it feels like, um, which is right up my alley. But here's the thing is that while I absolutely adore the card game in this, Anytime I stood up from that table, I had joy on my face. I was like, oh, I can't. What's, what's new? What's new in this room? I can't wait okay. to see. Before we move into this, maybe we should start with how the story. Yeah. The very yeah. little story. That's, yeah. So, the, the, all right. Let me explain this as best as I can. When you first boot up this game, the first thing you hear is a person saying, all right, let's finally time to see what's on this thing. Almost like a commentary. And you come to the main menu inscription and it's got this ominous music. I have to, I have to say the music in this fucking game is superb. Yeah. yeah atmosphere. I was going to say so, so good. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so, we start up inscription. 
first thing you noticed, the first thing I said, okay, well, this is weird. Hmm. You have new game, continue game, credits, or settings. Well, first thing I always do is go to the settings just to make sure I've got everything on subtitles, all that kind of thing. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll start a new game. Uh, you can't start a new game. Uh, every time you try to click on new game, it's, it, you actually get like a fuzz screen for a second. So you can't start a new game. You, you're forced to continue game. So I was like, well, that's weird. So we're already getting into the mystery stuff. And so we continue a game and it basically starts how every time you lose, Oh, you're back. Come sit at the table. You know, you don't, you, you, you're not even, you're already sitting at the table. You're talking to somebody across a table from you. You can't see the person except for their eyes. Um, and they deliberately do it that way. Occasionally you'll see their hands. Well, what I love is that they also don't have a voice. Just a garbled mess of a noise. Yeah. And when they talk, um, you can only see their eyes, but when they talk, their eyes turn into like spirals. Yeah. Yeah. That glow a different color. They look like the judge at the very end of uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, so you got this guy who I, uh, for, for the longest time I was calling him the game master because it's not, it, it the, the guy across the table from you is playing by different rules than you are. Um, in fact, it's almost like he's making up the rules as he goes, which it kind of is because it's teaching you how to play the game slowly. So I didn't say it was my opponent. I was more like, this is the game master and I'm going through a, you know, a D and D session almost with card combat. And so, yeah, you start off learning about how to play this game. It's a card game. And talking about the mechanics of the game. So you have a deck that is already preloaded with certain cards. And you can, you start out with four cards in your hand and you have a deck of your creatures and you also have a separate deck for squirrels. Now squirrels don't cost anything to put on the board. You can drop them whenever you want to, as long as you have one in your hand. Squirrels are basically there as a sacrifice. So that's what you play your actual power cards. Squirrels, like in real life, are fodder. There you go. So you you may have a card that requires one blood to play. So you can put down a squirrel, sacrifice it, you gain a blood that you, you can then pay to put down another card. And just in this real, card you, just like in real life, we measure blood in squirrels. <laughs> How many squirrels worth? How many squirrels is this worth? So yeah, um, that's basically how you bring out your cards to begin with. Another important fact is that any time one of your creatures, whether it be a squirrel or something from your deck, dies, it creates a bone. Bone is another currency. There are certain creatures that you can add to your deck 
that require bones to lay down. So you're basically generating currency by creating currency. And those are the two main ways that you can bring out creatures. You are, you're on a board that has four spaces where you can put creatures. The board on the other side are basically the starting area for the enemy, which then moves forward one row. So there's three rows with four columns. You can never go any farther up. So you have that, you have one lane while the enemy has technically two lanes. But the enemy has to be in the closest lane to you in order to do damage to you. And then you go into the whole, well, I can place a card in front of one of my enemy cards to block the attack, depending on what type of attack is coming. If it's a flying creature, you have to have something that has a flying defense sigil. Or if you want to go over an enemy enemy card, you have a you put down a creature that has a flying ability. So right away, I was kind of in familiar territory because hey, you know, I played Magic the Gathering. I I kind of get a little bit of these mechanics. Yeah, and and the you characters know, themselves feel a little bit magic esque when you're talking about a two one or a three two creature. You know, you kind of know what that means yeah. immediately. Yeah, so uh, creatures have a certain amount of health. They have a certain amount of attack power. And then there's creatures that can, uh, because specifically this is on a board, you can have creatures that will attack uh, parts of the board on like a diagonal term. So they may, you may set them in the middle and they can attack two prongs. So they'll actually go, they don't attack straight ahead. They attack to the sides of each other. So you start strategizing that way as well. On top of all of that, we are also getting cards that talk to us. All right, now you're so jumping first, ahead. So am I jumping ahead? I mean, uh, so so okay. the goal of every battle is to tip oh, the yeah. scale towards your opponent, and yes, you tip the scale. By dropping teeth on it. Now, there's two types of teeth. One is the teeth that we use in battle, and the other one is gold teeth that we can trade to the trader, the trapper. Yes, the trapper buys the pelts, and then we can. So. Anyways, yes. there's a lot of mechanics early on, but the main goal is that we're trying to drop enough teeth to move the scale to drop down on your opponent. So, you do that by attacking your opponent directly, or by doing enough damage over the amount of the enemy's monster that you have, like, if you're doing a 3 to a 1, you get 2 teeth. Um, and then if you do over the damage that you win, you get gold teeth, which can be traded further in the game. However... That occurs to you, too, where your opponent is trying to tip the scale towards you. So there's a bit of strategy on what you can do to cheat. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it's not deal five damage. It's basically deal five more damage than has been dealt to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that fact that we're not working off of basic um, life pool. 
we are working off of who can consistently do more damage. Yeah, it's almost Uh, like a momentum thing, because I definitely had games where I was losing, if you will. I mean, the board was kind of stacked against me, but, you know, if you can get the right attack at the right time, you know, get one extra character through, I mean, you can, you can, you can almost sneak a win. Yeah. And, you know, at the, at the end of this first act, I mean, I had so many games that were basically one hit wins because it was only five damage. And if I can get a big creature out quickly, there's nothing they can do to catch up to you. Yep. You know what that reminds me of? That mechanic kind of reminds me in a roundabout way of Earthbound's health ticker. Oh, where you can do enough damage if the en- as you're as it's going down, you can heal or you can you do can enough heal damage yourself. to the en- enemy mm-hmm. to win the battle. Yes, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Where like I've took damage that's going to kill me, but if I can heal myself before it gets to zero, <laughs> negate it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's kind of what it reminds me of. But yeah, that there. So there's that, and then there's also special items that you can use. <laughs> Well, we that can to, so so wait. again, you're sort of moving ahead. Some of the items you do get when you're playing on the board, which is like a map that's rolled out, and you that's just how you choose what you're going to next. Um, but you get the opportunity to leave the table. Now you can go into it, true. Yeah. So. You're never led on to the fact that you can leave the table. You're obviously sitting down at a table playing this card game with with this mysterious person across the table from you. At one point, the person's like, you know what, let's take a break. I want you to go grab something for me. And then you can actually leave the table and stand up and walk around this room. And you're like locked in a cabin, right? Yeah, you're locked in this weird cabin. You can't leave. There is a door that is constantly flashing lights. It's like... For the longest time, I thought that was like Morse code or something. <laughs> I was thinking it was Morse code or it was it was a clue for like the safe or something like that. <laughs> I was like, how many flashes is that? Three? And then, and then there's a seven. I, I lost count. I don't know. You know, that's not a crazy idea. I don't know if well, anyone's th- checked that, to be honest with you. Well, that's the thing. is like because I, I, I played The Witness and The Witness this had is, one of those. Okay, this is – hold on. I, the witness is unfair. Like, I'm just gonna say it, the witness is a, an unfair game, which doesn't want to be solved so the creator can think he's smart. This game is a little bit more like, you know, we want you to solve it, but we're gonna make yeah, it difficult. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I still will say to this day, I love the witness. I thought it was a fantastic game. Sure. Does Jonathan Blow think he's intelligent? Of course he does. Jonathan Blow. Is he intelligent? I'll give it to him. He's intelligent. Jonathan Blow. Whatever. Jonathan Blow, who couldn't put a warning, be like, hey, maybe you need your auditory senses and maybe not to be colorblind on his game. Yeah. Real smart, bud. Yeah. Fuck off. I mean. I, obviously, I, I don't I, like him. <laughs> I know. And I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I did like The Witness. I like Braid. I like I Braid. still call him an asshole. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, you walk around this room, and there's multiple things that you can interact with. Uh, there's a safe. There is there's there's a couple of things I never figured out what what they were for. I never f- figured um, out everything. There's so there's um, kind of going around the room. So if, wait, from where you're sitting to the left of you, there's a book. 
and there's some yep. like staffs and stuff on the wall. Behind yeah, you, a hammer and there's staff. a staff. Right. I never figured out. I never figured out either of those. Yeah, me neither. Uh, behind you, there's a cuckoo clock. Beside that yep. is a painting that I never figured out exactly. Nope. Uh, no, I know what it. Is. I know what it, what you're supposed to do, but I never was able to get it done. Yeah, I'm assuming you have to get the cards in that position. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I triggered that somehow, but it was unintentional. Oh well, I never did. Um, what did you, What did you get, Matt? I have to ask that. Uh, what did come? Just some extra cards. Yeah, I th- I think so. What What did come out of it? it? It wouldn't have been a special card. Like it wouldn't have been a story card because I had all those. Yeah, I got all those too. Um, so, uh, and then there's, I believe, a safe and figurines. Yep. The door. Yep. The jar of slime. Okay, you don't get that till later. Oh, right. Okay. Well, the jar of slime appears eventually. The sword. In the yeah, the da- dagger. Well, no, with there's the, the there's a lot the uh, wolf mouth or whatever is in the wolf's mouth. I can't remember. I thought it was a sword. Hmm? There's a um, hold on. There's a wolf in a cage. Yeah, there's a wolf in a cage, but that's on the other side of the room. Nah, it's a squirrel holding a dagger. The squirrel and the dagger. Put... Yep, that one I remember. Yeah. Um, give me a second. <coughs> give me. There's also the bone, like the the. It's like the skull of a like a bull. That's what oh. I'm thinking of. The, the painting puzzle was actually one of the best things in the entire Act 1. Really? No. The painting puzzle? Yeah, so, what, like, there was the painting on the wall when you matched the board state. What was it that yeah, it yeah. gave you? It gives you a potted plant. So, basically, once you, you know, the first couple times you look at it, it shows you a board state. Once you match that in any game that you play, I believe, and you go back to it, it's just a picture of a plant. And then you pick that plant up. And it's amazing because every time that you are presented the opportunity to pick from like three random cards, you can just click on potted plant and it'll give you three new random cards. Huh. Oh, God. It was That would have been it nice. It was huge because that, I mean, that's the way I was able to stack my deck. I mean, you get twice as many chances to pull your previous death cards. Huh. And so just imagine going through the last couple of runs with twice as many death cards. I mean, those decks got so much better. I mean, that that was that was one of the best things that like improved my decks in act 1. Interesting. It's actually pretty powerful because there's there's three different sequential puzzles and if you get the second one it actually gives you another candle. You get three what? candles? Yeah. Oh fuck! Right off. This is so. This is where I need this conversation to <laughs> change because yes, I never got any of the paintings at all. I didn't either. I didn't get the staff. I didn't get the hammer. Uh, moving on through the cabin, there was the cabinet. I got all of those. Yeah, I did get all those. Did you brute force it? Yes, I did on one. The last. I, I did on the first three until I realized what was going on. Um. Then there's the. Is it the? That's where the wolf in the cage is. Yes, there's the, the left of it. There's the candle. Yep. There is the skull that you should visit every time you start up. Yep. Free teeth. Yep. Free gold teeth, and then there's the globe, which I never did anything with either. I didn't either. 
Did you get the Wisp card? The, I didn't. The Mist card? The Wisp. No, didn't get the Wisp. Okay, so I don't remember, I don't know how I triggered it exactly, but I, tur- I I put the candle out, the smoke rose, and I got the Wisp smoke card. Whatever. It's like okay, a more, I got the, I, I, it's a more yeah, powerful. I got the smoke. Okay, so it's a more powerful version of the Wisp or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. No, I, I did get that. I don't remember what I did with the wolf in the cage, though. If I did anything, that's what I mean. So this, this whole section, all these cards. I know what you do with the wolf in the cage. Uh, what do you do? So you eventually get a card that is the caged wolf. It has no attack damage, but uh, it can. I think it has like five health. If you put it on the board and let it intentionally get attacked until it dies it then turns into a wolf right and then um the wolf is then out of the cage you can then in the room you can then grab the wolf and put it where the squirrel with the dagger is and it finishes a puzzle there yeah that's what unlocks the the dagger the dagger oh then i did it yeah i just don't remember doing it yeah okay yeah because you need the dagger um so this is a big portion of it so there's all these these escape room type puzzles, and I'm assuming everybody got like what what is it called again? The muskrat. Which what is it again? The uh, first talking card. The stoat. The stoat. Stoat. Thank you. Um. Isn't that a weasel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's part of the. Um, oh God, the same family is like. Um, Wolverines, I'm pretty sure, or whatever, too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's where we get our first friend. Quote, friend. Yeah. Um, now, what did you think when you got that? I don't know. I thought it was someone thought... who was cursed. And, like, turned into a card. That's what I was thinking, too, because... Obviously, when you lose this game, when you, all of your candles go out, if you die, this man drags you into another room and takes a picture of you and turns you into a card. So I was thinking, these are the other people that he has trapped in cards. Yeah. Now, I uh, as you went through, I'm assuming you saw the changes to the cards? Yes, I did. What did you think about that? I didn't know what was going on, because the first card that changed was actually the stink bug. Oh, and he she, started looking like a, a lady. weird-ass clown. Yeah, she starts... I thought it looked like an old lady. Um, and then the stoat turns into a, what looks like a robot. Yep, and then the... Uh, was it one-eyed wolf? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He started, starts to just look like a bearded man. See, I, I never played. I did, once I got him, I never played enough to see him change. So let's go through the bosses because I think that's where we'll start to see our, kind of our methods come out. Because everything in the room, I, I feel like we're going to end up going through the 
items that we got in the room at the bosses. So, um, the well, the one thing I do want to mention is the the jar of goo. I randomly ran into that. It was one of the things that I could pick as an item. And the guy across the table deliberately said, it is useless. You don't really need to pick it. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, well, I need to pick this. So I picked it and then I tried to use it. And he's like, all right, I told you not to pick it. I'm putting it on the table. I'm putting it over here on the desk. All right. Well, next time I got up, I went and talked to him. And this dude's like, he's had me trapped in here forever. I'm like, okay. And he's trying to give me hints. Now, all of us, you've beat the game. Matt's played a little bit farther. I've played a little bit farther. I still don't know who that is. It's it's a character that shows up throughout the game. Okay. I I don't know if I didn't solve something with him, but he shows up. Or it shows up. I actually don't know whether or not what it is, but it shows up multiple times. And it's always kind of comedic. Hmm. Anyway. So, the bosses. Anthony, what you got? So, I plowed through most of these bosses, um, like the third or fourth time through. The hardest one is the fisherman, bar none. Um, but the prospectors first, and I hate the prospectors second phase because he takes all your cards and ruins them. Yeah, but that pack donkey or the pack mill. Boy, I like wailing on that to get the special card. Yeah. Um. Yeah, th- this is just a fight where it's like, how good can you bounce back after having all your cards removed? Yeah, and you, you kind of have to have the strategy of don't play three good cards if you know you're about to win, right? Hold them back and, and, and wait for round two. Yeah. I, the Prospector is clearly a first boss. Well, I died to the first boss. Oh, a I, times. I did too. But it's it's just it's it's he's got better cards, and then he has that strategy of I'm going to take away everything good that you've played. So it's like trying to win that first round with him, um, and he shows up later on too as a um, NPC. Or sorry, you can run yeah. into him early. That's what I. Um, you can run into him earlier in later runs. Um, then the next one is the fisherman, which is by far the most annoying enemy. So here, but before we get into any more of the bosses, I feel we need to touch on the other characters in this game. Okay. Because there are places you can go. So we should mention we're playing combat in a board on a board with cards after each combat, when you win, you then choose on a map where to go. Sometimes it diverges to a different uh, route. Sometimes it comes back in. And each place you go is like a new a new event. Yeah, there's a battle, or sometimes it's got a strong enemy. Sometimes it's the campfire. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's a summoning circle. Or just free cards. <laughs> or just free cards. Or just free cards, yeah. So the one thing we do need to mention is that while we're running around this cabin solving puzzles, we're getting cards. Now, those cards are not automatically added to our deck. 
they are now added to the events where you can potentially get them. Except for certain cards. Except for like the, the, the talking the to- cards. Well, the talking cards, and then you can get some permanent cards that are added. Um, I don't remember how, but there are certain cards that are uh, guaranteed to be in your deck when you start. I think it's about four or five max that are like, added. That's including the three talking cards. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's interesting just going through the board game part of this game. You're not just going battle to battle to battle. You know, I think where you're going with this, Drew, there's so many other options. There's so many other events that you probably only spend a third, maybe, depending on how you move through the board. Yeah. A, a third of your of your stops on the board are actually fights. So there's a lot... Yeah more that comes into the strategy of moving through the board because it's not just fight after fight. You're really planning your upgrades. And so, yeah, you got the upgrades like you go to the bonfire where there's a bunch of really hungry uh, travelers who say, put put one of your cards, one of your animals uh, next to the fire and it will either increase their damage or their health. Well, you can do it multiple times, but each time you risk the chance of the guys at the fire taking your card and eating it. You're almost guaranteed for them to never take it the first time. Yeah, I never had them take it on the first time. Damn. And I, yeah, I, mean, I always, it, I always chances, chickened out. The chances are there, but it, they'll never take it on the first time. But they'll ask you, oh, do you want to do it again? And I think I've done it a couple times. They never took it, but like it, it, they will take it yeah. uh, on that second time. I settled into yeah. doing it twice every time. Like that I kinda that was my too. default. And then if I had a worse character, I would often roll a third time. Because, you know, I, I actually really like the the bullfrog as a as a one two, and I feel like if I could get that up to a three two, then you know, it, it all of a sudden became like a power card. Yeah. And it, and it was something that if I lost a frog, you know, well, it's probably not going to make or break this run, really. I should I should also mention there's another mechanic in this game that's, that is not prevalent in other games like this, like real-world card games. In Magic the Gathering, when you put a creature with another creature, they both do damage to each other at the same time. Unless the card specifies otherwise. In this game, the other creature doesn't do damage. So if you're attacking and the enemy card blocks your card, your card doesn't take damage. Yeah. And also in between rounds, combat rounds, your characters don't heal like they do in Magic of the Gathering. So that's a mechanic that I, I think was really important, and it was something that, for about the first two hours, I was like, "Right, they don't they don't swap damage. This card's still alive." I forgot about that, you know. So I had to rewire my brain a little You're bit. You're also for this. not limited to summons in a turn, too. Like, oh yeah, you can just you can just uh, randomly throw out crap. Yeah, if you can sacrifice to put the card down, go ahead. It's your turn. Um, you know, you're limited to one draw, so it's either take a squirrel or take a um, an actual card. But other than that, like, it's a little more freeform. 
with how you play, so there's a bit more strategy to what I'm going to do in this turn to, you know, change the t- tide in my favor, but... Yeah, which again, I think helps the tempo of the rounds, because, you, you know, it, it can help you end a game in, in a couple of turns. Yeah. You're not waiting for mana to build up turn after turn after turn. Uh, not waiting for that yeah. guy to do like 14 spell cards and then summon <laughs> his, his do a fusion monster from his deck and pull something out of his fucking graveyard because Lord Yu-Gi-Oh got so bad. Oh, the spell counters and the magic. Uh, fucking stop it! Stop it with all the counters. Thanks anyway. to the mycologist, yeah, I had a couple of good fusion monsters in this game. Yeah, so so one of the characters you can run into is a mycologist, which will take two of the same card and merge them together into one being. Which, again, is another reason that Potted Plant helped, because, you know, there, there was, there was essentially get... uh, yeah, tiers of what I want. What I want is a death card. If I don't get a death card... You know, I've only got a couple of rares that I really want, and if I don't get one of those, I'm just going to take something that I can potentially match up for for a better card. Huh? Yeah. See, I only got that. Only got the combo once. Every time I ran into him, he was like, "Oh, you don't have duplicates. Oh. Here's a card for you." Um, <laughs> I did at least five or six times. What's interesting is as you're meeting these characters, because there's the trapper, the trader, um. And I want to save another character, but every time uh, the game master is playing one of these characters, he puts on a wooden mask. Yeah. And the mycologist yeah. mask is like a conjoined twin. <laughs> um, it's that's another thing. Like the, the the game master is trying to set a mood like a a real life person would. Yeah. Um. So in these events that you can go through. Uh, there's another one where you can put a character on the altar and you have to sacrifice a card. Um, and it gives them the sigil. Yeah, sigil from the other, the card that you sacrifice, the sigil from that one, which is like the ability that the card has, uh, will move to the card you are sacrificing to. Um, there's the random card drops, uh, the... Trapper is where you can buy pelts, and the pelts are actually put as cards, and then you can trade the pelts to the trader, who then gives you better cards. Yes. And then there is the totem maker. Yeah. And the totem lady, yeah. So, um, and I'll talk about that when I talk about how I kind of cheesed my way through this. Um, oh, <laughs> So, did you have a single favorite totem? Oh, I did, Drew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did too. I wonder if they were the same. My, my, <laughs> so my my infinite run that 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 uh, decimated everything. So I was stuck on the fisherman for for at least five or six tries. That's about right. And then I got I got the perfect totem. And I started focusing just on that totem. What was the totem? Undying, undying wolves. Huh. Mm. Interesting. I just kept, I just kept getting wolf creatures, and every time they would die, they would show back up in my deck. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, do they show up and back in it, your deck or in your hand? In my hand. In my hand, they show back up in my hand. 
And then I started running into, I finally got the, uh, uh, what was it? The mycologist. Yeah. I, uh, got him to, uh, fuse two wolves together. So now it was a six, five wolf. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to hang on to this. Also, every time he dies, he's going to show back up and he only cost two blood. Easy peasy. Yep. My favorite with the mycologist was the amalgams. So it's a three three for two blood that has every every animal creature type basically, mm-hmm. uh, and I would amalgamate and it would be uh, a six six amalgam for two bloods, and that was that was one of my top cards. I basically spent this whole game trying to be like, all right, I need to get all my creatures to either three attack or six attack, so that I know that it's either two attacks to end the game or one attack to end the game. I was big on the strange larva yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, turns into the Mothman. <laughs> that is one of the Seven strongest damage. cards, yeah. Seven damage. Yep. That's an instant win. Yeah, yeah, so my favorite totem was the Undying Squirrels. Because let me tell you what you can summon in a turn with Undying Squirrels. Basically everything. Infinite. Infinite. And, infinite blood. And, yeah, infinite blood. And let me tell you, the fisherman, what's he take? The newest card down on the table. Enjoy that squirrel, bud. <laughs> yep. Boom! Takes the squirrel. Okay. <laughs> I do more damage. Uh, oh, he's got his claw out, or the hook out. He's going to steal my card, because that's the fisherman's whole gimmick in the first half, is that he will take the newest card you place down. So I would just keep playing squirrels, which have no attack. And so um, I kept doing that um, because that's how I would win most of my battles, is that you just... I have the infinite blood, so I have infinite resources. But I also... um, Like, you can just keep attacking the squirrels. I'll just keep putting down more squirrels. And eventually, like, I'll summon a monster that is strong enough to destroy the one that's in front of me. I'll take a hit. Put down the squirrel in that empty position. Just keep attacking the health points. Right? Like, I'd be replacing the squirrels that got destroyed last turn. Like, it was was so broken, that run, that it was like... I I messed up, so I did it again, and the moment I got the choice of infinite squirrels, again, chose that. Um, so what I'm saying is is that as much as I said they were fodder early on, uh, an army of infinite squirrels could take over the world. <laughs> Just, like, pure attrition. I think this game is made to be broken. Oh, for sure. I mean, every build is like, you are supposed to overpower to some degree uh in this first part anyways um yeah like man the the second half of the fisherman fight sucks ass yeah as long as you don't attack the chum you're good to go yeah if you attack the chum it turns into a shark that has six damage yeah so I had to start really prepping around the sharks. Yeah. yeah, my best attack at the sharks was when I had an upgraded mantis god because I had converted. I was staring at three sharks, 
and I put down the upgraded Mantis God, and it it killed all three sharks in one one attack round. Yeah, the Mantis God was doing a lot of work for me too. Yeah, triple attack. My best card was actually a death card, which I don't think we've actually talked about. Um, so obviously, like I said, when you lose, the man takes you and takes a picture of you and creates a card out of you. He takes cards from your deck that you had when you died and you choose the cost of the card, the power and the defense of the card and what sigils. Well, if I had a really good run, I had the option of using some really great sigils and some pretty good attack power. And so I focused my my perfect run on my death card that I got. His name was Asshole. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, this card was 7 damage and 6 health. And it did 2 prong attacks. You couldn't stop it. And was the cost was, zero? The cost was yeah, zero. Yeah, <laughs> those are my favorite. Yeah. And I did also put uh, the undying on it. <laughs> My God, it's fun when you get those in your opening hand. It's just a yeah, it's, it's one turn win. Yep, and and literally after I beat, when I finally beat the fisherman, I didn't lose again until I beat this. So yeah. the I want to say it was the prospector, but. One of the boss battles I had to reach across the table for the first time. Now, I'd already done the squirrels, where I got like a squirrel in a jar, because sometimes you can get cards that way. Um, but I reached across, and I grabbed the pair of pliers. And in one of my favorite moments in video games, the character I'm playing as ripped out their own tooth and dropped it on the scale. Yeah. Now... I saw that coming... <laughs> Did it bother you? Because it bothered me. Not particularly. I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. Now, I kind of did you expect that with the knife? I didn't know what to expect with the knife. I thought the knife was going to be used to, I can sacrifice my own blood to summon things. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. But uh, no. Uh, instead, what you do is you, you rip out one of your eyes and put it on the scale. And then you get a, if you when you win the battle you get a choice of new eye. Yeah. Which one am I going to take? The normal one, the weird one, or maybe the one that's glowing magically? Yep. I took the magic glowy one as well. And then you can yep. see the things written on the clock. Yep. You can see things written everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but the clock is the most important. So here's the thing. Did you guys die enough times to where when you restarted you 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 were you saw a different scene? You're gonna have to be more specific. You're in a white room, and there is what looks like a tree or a bush painting a picture. Hmm. Oh wow! No, I did not. Yeah, I do you know what I that died, is? I died a ton though. <laughs> so did I, I think everybody does, but if, Drew spent seven hours. It took me over eight yeah. to get through this. What? Okay. Because I, I basically, I got an hour or two into this game, and then I was just like, I don't need to rush through this right now. 
I'm just going to keep playing, and I'm just going to slowly, like, play until I learn what all the symbols are, and, you know, I, I just kind of got into the zone where I'm like, I'm just going to play game after game after game, sitting down for, like, three hours and just playing. I'm like, I'm not even necessarily trying to progress. I'll just see what happens. I'm not even, uh, not even criticizing. I just, I figured Drew would have had the biggest playtime, because cause both of you are over half of my playtime on this, the <laughs> yeah. first part. Yeah, right. You have to understand though, Matt has a superpower, and his superpower is he puts double time into every game we do for <laughs> Phoenix Town. <laughs> okay. right. Well, but uh, uh, the only reason why I say that is I'm surprised that you would have seen that scene because I did not, Drew. But I mm-hmm. know what you were looking at. Yeah, so it's do basically you know what like you were looking the, at. I it was a hint. It was a hint. Oh, so. When I, it starts out, you're in a white room and you're slowly gravitating toward the picture. There is what looks like a bush or a tree painting a picture. The picture is of the cabin, somewhere in the cabin, and it's giving you a hint of go here or do this. It was one the one of the hints I got was how to solve one of the um the little puzzles that opened up the cabinets. Mm. And I was like, okay. And and during that scene, the first time I saw it, the guy, the the the, the guy that we're going to talk about in a little while, said, "What the heck is this?" And then that I was like, "What?" Okay. And I was like, "All right, well that's that's kind of weird, but it's giving me a hint." Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. But you died enough time. Something... You suck at this game. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, so trust me, I was I was banging my head against the wall. It's interesting that we both we all had like different. I mean, both of yours were. I'm gonna power my way through this to some extent. Although Matt's was like I'm gonna build the cards, and Drew's was I'm gonna lose so bad that I'm gonna stack a card so powerful in my favor. <laughs> I'm gonna crush him. <laughs> next time which is which is uh, something i was trying for a while i just couldn't get it to work in my favor um now did you see the trapper and the traitor being one no that moment i went holy shit when he took the mask off and flipped it upside down and put it on (laughs) yeah i was like Fuck, this game is so smart. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. In fact, when I ran into the trapper and saw that it was going to be the third boss fight, I was like, I feel betrayed. Right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what? I have to fight the trapper? He's my friend. And it's also the traitor? I'm like, what? So, that was actually really cool. Yeah. And 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 I have to say so far in this game the 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 music during that boss fight is amazing because if you so I have to say the boss fight music in this game revolves around their aspects. So when you're playing the prospector it's the music plays to the clanging of a minor 
hitting hitting and, ore, and, right? And the board actually changes slightly too to like look more like a rocky plane almost. Yeah. Yeah. And the fisherman and, becomes damp and moist and you're like Yeah, it looks like a swamp. It looks like a swamp and I and it's the same table you're sitting at. Like you see all these props sort of move in, like like the go- the game master is putting that stuff on the table. Yeah. The trapper's music is awesome and so disturbing. Because if you go and listen to it, and I'm going to put it on on this on probably the ending, it is him humming along with what sounds like him carving <laughs> fur yeah. off of an animal, and it is fucking disturbing. It is so good. The, so when you ask me, like, eh, are, are headphones necessary? Like. My my thought process was, oh, Drew thinks this is a scary game, right? And I was like, no, it's not that. But um, not to say, but like the audio is a part of this. Like I, this was a game I started off going, oh, I'll listen to a podcast. I'm like, no, I need to be really focused on this. Um, that doesn't go away anytime soon, Drew. Um. Because yeah. I know we'll talk about a little bit about the next half here, um, or the next portion. I think this is kind of probably going to be a two-episode thing, because I think you'll probably blast, both of you will blast through this second half and into the third, but I don't know for sure. Um, but it's uh, it doesn't go away. Like, um, part two is different, Um but the uh, audio design is, is is impeccable. Everything. So I'll talk about a little bit about Pony Island, uh, the previous game. Uh, now, to be fair, I don't know if it was the previous game or the previous previous game, because uh, I know that the hex is also from the same developer. Um, Pony Island played a lot into the audio design of it too, like visually and and uh, visuals and the audio, like built this feeling that isn't again isn't scary but like kind of feels like nothing else like really builds the scene entirely um i love this game like i i I really it's it's i'm still at the point where i can't talk about it fully like this is something that i think (laughs) i'll be easier to talk about once you are both done um but, like, this first half, had the game ended here, which we still have a bit to talk about, uh, I would have been happy. Because I thought this was perfect. Um, a short little, you know, I think I probably took about six hours to finish this first part. Um, five or six. But, um, you know, well, that's a short little experience. It was really good. I didn't finish everything in the cabin. Um, so there's reason to play over. And, oh... Oh, there's a big boss fight still. And yeah. so you slowly, over the course of multiple runs, get film for Lushy's... Whoop, the camera, the Game Master. This is the problem with knowing too much about the game. 
Um, I mean, I know the guy's name. Yes, so. it's it's revealed, but I didn't want to. So everybody that's probably listening knows it, but um, oh, I have the camera, and you take the photo of him, and then you are walking down a path towards the cabin. And I don't remember who stops you on the way to the cabin. The hand of God. <laughs> the hand of God, yeah. Um, I think it's him. No, that's right. We haven't right. took the picture yeah. of him yet. Oh, that's right. We haven't. No, yeah. we, we... You beat... Right, you beat and then you go to fight him. This is where I'm yeah. probably playing more recently. Would have, there's, remember, there's like six more hours after this that I played. Um... You, ta- you 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 basically shrink down to map size, right? And you're walking you're walking along the map, and it's like you're in a forest now. And then he reaches down and gives you his blessings, his challenges. If yeah. you can, yeah, if you can, if you can uh, beat his challenge, I beat all of them. I did too. I beat zero of them. The one first one time. of the really not even the ring. You didn't get a ring. Not the first time. Oh, because okay. I, I I made it to kind of the end boss on my like third run. Third or fourth run, Holy lost, crap. and then couldn't get back for another like five runs. And I, on the second time, I, I was better equipped. So, so yeah. After beating the fisherman, I went all the way through this to the end. God damn! Really? N- never lost. Yeah. Fuck you. Once I got ass, <laughs> once I got an asshole on my team, <laughs> I didn't actually lose at the fisherman that much. I I got obliterated on this on this the first time I made it to the end boss. Oh man, I so I, as soon as I beat the the trapper, I was good. Mm. Trapper and trader, um, but fuck that fisherman. <laughs> Kept stealing all my good what cards. Was, what, as soon as he started, was the trapper and trader's boss. So thing? the it was you were you were getting pelts, or he was killing your yeah. animals and turning them into pelts. Yeah, and then I don't remember. Like oh, and then he's got a bunch he, of good characters that you can steal by trading pelts. And That's everyone right. you don't steal is coming at you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like it was kind of like the opposite of the fisherman. The fisherman you didn't want to leave any cards out because he would steal them. And this one you wanted to get as many pelts as you could because the second round you could trade them and right. take away his really good cards. Yeah, and you got a pelt every time one of your creatures died in his trap, so you had to almost sacrifice your creatures. Right. So is that yeah, it was. It was a pain in the ass, but I only did it twice, I think. Yeah, me too. Um, but this fight that we end up... So you, you're going through these woods. This is the first time you're outside of the cabin, really. You enter the cabin. And I'm like, okay. And you sit down at the table. And then you fight him one-on-one as a card game. But you doesn't he summon the moon? Yeah, so his mechanic, so he gets three lives, and his mechanic is he is constantly switching between prospector, fisherman, trapper, and trader. And each round, he plays a different kind of character. He may steal one of your cards like the fisherman, he may turn one of your cards into gold like the prospector, or he may um, pull uh, one of your characters and turn it into a pelt. So you have to beat him three times. I crushed him. Then on, I crushed him with my squirrel it. army. I, I did too. And then he summons the moon. <laughs> oh, sure. At that point, I went, 
alright, this is fucking off the rails and I'm in. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know? And the moon takes up the whole board. Yeah. And you just wail at it. Yeah. And it has like 60 health or 40 health? It had an absurd amount of health because, I mean, everything yeah. else is a single digit. But, I mean, it was like, what, two turns, three turns, I think, for me? No. And then we we destroyed the moon, and he actually says, you literally destroyed the moon. Womp womp. But is it revealed what he looks like Yes. during his boss fight? Um, oh, man. I think it was during his yeah, boss fight. Yeah, I think fight. you finally see what he looks like. Um... He looks like Swamp Thing, almost. <laughs> well, so so his name is Leshy. And if you look up Leshy, L-E-S-H-Y, on Google Images, you see that he's based off of, like, um... What is it? A... A... Deity of the Forest from uh, Pagan Slavic Mythology. And, like, yep, the first picture that shows up, the one they use in Wikipedia, yep, sure looks like that. Yep. Looks like a walking bush. Yep. I love the yeah. fact that, that they do reveal his design, but up until this point, he's literally just eyes in the shadow. And then you turn him into a card. Yeah. We get the uh, roll of film from um, the stunted wolf. Or he tells us how to get it. Yeah, you get it, you take a photo of him, and then yeah. weird things happen. Yeah, I'm not totally sure I actually did take a picture of him. I know I tried to, but he like, rushed at me, and it looked like the camera like pointed off to the side and took a picture of nothing. I'm not sure if I... Well, this is where did. the you see the weird videos, right? Yeah. 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 But, you, but you're also... So when you finish the weird videos... You go back to the well. Let's talk about the, the weird. Room. Let's talk about the weird videos. What the fuck do you think's going on there? This all right. So the, the first thing I need to mention is there was always this look to the game. It was kind of grainy, sometimes blurry in 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 a way, and you realize through watching these videos why it looks like that. Um, you start watching, okay, all right, so the first video is what looks like a YouTuber who is, who is one of those YouTubers who is into card games and they like to open like, you know, Pokemon packs yep. on camera to see if they got like the rare Charizard or yeah, whatever. Nondescript card game fan. Yeah. Yeah. And, with a green screen um, behind him. With a green screen behind him, yeah. And uh, he is... He he said that he had uh, picked up some booster packs uh, at a yard sale, I think. Yeah. Or, or, or a flea market or something like that. Of a old game from the 90s called Inscription. And he's like, most of you guys probably don't know what Inscription is. And he's opening them. And he realizes one of the booster packs has been opened already and resealed. And when he opens it, he finds a card that has coordinates on it. Latitude and longitude. I'm in. I've done this before, and I would definitely do it again. (laughs) 
So and he's like, "Okay, this is actually really close to where I am." Did, did either did either of you put in those coordinates? No. Uh, it's like in the water off the coast of BC. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah. I mean, he could live near there, but that's still a far fucking swim. I mean, I'm sure he didn't put that much thought into it. Yeah, just... um, I mean, knowing what else he's done in this game, I'm surprised that is the f- fault. But I mean, I'm sure it's probably for safety that nobody goes and fucking fucks around somewhere. Sure. Because people are in the but, internet and uh, dumb. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. fondly finding a payphone based on coordinates. <laughs> okay, All right, hold on. You're, you're going to have to tell me the story. Yeah, we're going to break time. Explain. <laughs> well, it's been a while. This was just the, the the one and only ARG that really like blew my mind. I, I love bees. Oh yeah, Halo. Yeah, for Halo Two, I definitely was doing that. I was following along with it every day, and went to a payphone to make a call based on coordinates that were delivered. And uh, huh, I think it was yeah, it was in. Boston. I think I was living. I think I was spending the summer to, at an internship in Boston at the time, and it was just some weird parking lot. I remember there was like two other people that showed up and were like, you know, I don't really know what's here. What are these coordinates? They're like, oh, there's a payphone over there. Let's you know, let's go. And then I think there was a call to the payphone at a certain time. So I, like the whole thing blew my mind. I'm like, I can't believe we're out here on a treasure hunt. I can't believe we're assuming this payphone is what we're here for, and I can't believe they actually called it. The the band Death Grips played their album over a payphone. <laughs> like, that was the one where people had to go to a certain payphone, and then there was just people gathered around the payphone listening to it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a really crappy way to listen oh, to it. Oh, of course album. it is, but it's, it's kind of a neat way to get people hyped. Especially when they had, like, gotten let go by their label or something like that, too. And then I guess the next closest to this is just the summer I spent geocaching, which was kind of fun. Find anything interesting? Uh, no, not really. Just just the rush of actually finding the little whatever happens to be an Altoids tin or a, an old ammo container or whatever it is. So you, you didn't find a uh, a suitcase with a dead body in it? Mm, did not. That's, a, that's not geocaching. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, Drew. <laughs> Not, um, I was going to get Anthony riled up. That's, uh... Oh my god, I can't remember what that... It was... It's the app. It's a website. Yeah, it was the app that you would, like, give you a random set of coordinates, and people were like, well, it's pointing me in evil directions, except that those kids didn't discover the body, they faked it. Yeah. They saw that somebody had discovered, like, bodies in, like, a suitcase, and then went and faked them finding it. Weird fucks, yes, but okay. <laughs> so yeah, so um, uh, this guy, this YouTuber or whatever, uh, finds this you know old card game. One of the cards has coordinates on it that's been wrote on by hand. So he decides to go out into the woods to where those coordinates are, and he starts digging. And he's recording himself doing this. This is all like guerrilla camera Blair work. Blair Witch style, yeah. Blair Witch style. 
And sure enough, he finds a box that is buried in the woods. It's not very deep. I did notice that. Yep. I kind of feel like the rain would have destroyed it, but you know, not not important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the like, just a just a thing for anybody trying to make a story out of this. Floppy disks couldn't last a summer inside. <laughs> it sure is fucking staying outdoors and having all the data on there. <laughs> yeah. Don't but, yeah. use floppy disks in your story. It doesn't work. Well, they had to make it old. Yeah. yeah listen, there is, like, old DOS games on disk. A CD. So, like, that would have worked. But, um... Yeah, he finds a floppy disk in a box. And um he's like, "Well, this is weird." And on the on the disk it it does say inscription on it. So, uh we then see a video of him ordering a floppy disk drive off of eBay. That's a, that <laughs> that is a that is the smartest detail of this yeah, though. That where awesome. they're like, yeah, "Yeah, he doesn't have one, so he has to order it." Like that's good. And in between all and, this, there's a bunch of like scrambled footage. Yeah, there's a there's one that's like completely scrambled and it's only like five seconds long, I think. Or you probably shorter than that. And I'm like, Oh, there's the weird one. There's the one. There's the cursed one. And then um we now are back in his little studio. He uh he uh is filming his monitor, his computer monitor, and he says, Alright, it's time to finally see what's on this thing. He came from the and dark side Phil school of let's we, we we've we've made a we've made a full loop. And that's the reason why the why this footage that we're playing looks so bad is because it's literally film footage of him recording his computer monitor. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty good That's a really good yeah. touch. And that's the reason why like, there's oh boy. audio at the beginning that says that's talking about what's happening. Yeah, because there was a few times there was commentary, like when you beat when you beat Leshy, when you beat the moon, you hear him say, "Oh, I think I think I beat it," and I was like, "Okay, so I'm I'm assuming we're playing as this guy." You're, yeah. I mean, I think you're. Yeah. In a weird, like, story version, I think you are playing his playing, but you're not really okay. playing as him. Right. The, weird way of putting it, but, like, I don't know, that's not second person, that's not first person. That's just... Parallel universe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. After watching all of those videos, we can... Then so this is all on like a little menu where we can click on the video and watch it. We can also fast forward it and I was like, is there like a message in here if I fast forward it and play it faster? Or if I play it slower or something like that? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. In total there's what, there's so, eight videos, maybe ten minutes of video? Yeah, it's at the right, most. Yeah. yeah, at the most. Because there's a couple that are two and a half minutes long or so. That are too long, yeah. For like not having really anything in there, other than like trying to set mood, and you're just like, yeah, I've watched YouTubers, I'm good. I was I was pretty is happy that, with this it? section though. Like I was like, all right, this it it feels 
you know, nice and B movie to me. You know, we already had the, yeah, you know, the horror it, cabin feel, and now we've got a bunch of things that I like. It just, it was one of those where I'm like, man, this is almost too accurate <laughs> for a mediocre yeah. YouTube star. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is some generic crap. All right, like this is what it feels like to watch someone open Pokemon cards. Like, the question is. Is that an actor or is that actually the developer? That is an actor, from my understanding. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, because uh, if I look, I remember looking up the developer. He don't look like that. Okay. All right. Now, to be fair, it so, could be um, some all, some big ploy where that is the developer, and the pictures he's been using online are lies. I gotcha. Which should bring me to my <laughs> next thought: that Jay Lee <laughs> is actually just using a generic picture of an Asian man. It isn't actually Asian. There! I've said it on a podcast now. Well, <laughs> he can speak Korean very fluently because I've heard him <laughs> before, so. Uh huh. That's how he gets you. <laughs> to believe his lies. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we can go back. And when we go back, we're back in the video game. And we're in what we realize is the other room that we could never get into in the cabin. Yeah, it's the, the one with the flashing lights. The one that you... Well, no, because the flashing lights come from... From outside, right? From the front door? From outside. You're in the no. room. Yes. I thought so. But, buddy, listen... <laughs> I've I stared at that door for a long time trying to figure out what the hell the the flashing lights meant. The flashing lights are coming from the new game button that's floating there. No oh, fuck, you're right. Hold on. Mm-hmm. So and also Matt to to say that you you said you didn't know if you took a picture of him. There's a picture on the wall. Of yeah. him. I just could have sworn at this point I had done something wrong because I couldn't figure out how to get out of the room right. for a good few minutes. And I was like, all right, well, I must yeah, have I, <laughs> What do I do? Yeah, I sent I sent Anthony a, a DM saying, um, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> and then I was like, should I just go back? to? Should I quit the game? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh yeah, we uh we click on the uh we move to the new game button that's just floating there. And uh when we click on it, the room goes almost dark. You can just see the light and, from the main room. Yeah. And you're like, okay, and that's when I was like, Alright, well you have to hit escape and then go back to the main menu. Also, did you notice the pile of clothes? Yes. I'm assuming that's all the yes. other people that died before <laughs> <Yep>. you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I uh, go back to the main menu and now there is a new game button there. So it's time to load up a new game. And that's, so that's where I technically stopped. I feel like that's where we should stop. Yeah. And we can talk about the second and third parts of this game on the next recording. How how much longer do you think we have, Anthony? So, 
it's hard to gauge since we took so long. No, <laughs> it's 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 hard to gauge without kind of explaining what's going to happen. Um, so I guess just spoiler for next episode. The next bit is eight bit, or fake eight bit. It's actually not eight bit, but it looks like an old DOS PC game. It's all pixelated, and it's a basically an old PC version of an all 2D version of the game you just played. Yes. That section has a big open map of a world that's yes. split between the four different types of cards. Um, that section has a bunch of secrets in it, but it's not as long. The, okay. the length of that section really comes from the fact that you have to learn how to you have to learn how to use the new new deck types right but you have that button that just allows you to stack a good deck i'll take your strongest cards problem is is the more cards you get in the different styles of play they don't mesh necessarily yeah that being said once you start realizing a good way to get through that, you can almost brute force your way with pure strength and just get right to the end. Um, it's the section after this that lengthwise is very. I can't determine it. Yeah, like this. This uh, the, the second part of this game is fairly short um, like I said there's a bunch of secrets but like for the most part I think part of it is just because it's not flashy either um, you'll kind of blow through it once you get a hang of it the third part is actually very long in comparison um, because not dissimilar to the first portion uh, you are traveling a map again um in, in a similar sense, like you, you sort of move back progress if you lose. So, um, and that doesn't happen with the 2D segment. You don't lose progress, you just have to try again. So, I don't know. Um, I'm going to just say max, you got, we have two more episodes. Uh, okay. But if you're really good, it's it's another one episode, basically. I'm going to try to probably power through this. Yeah, um, me too. You get uh, more segments where you can stand up and explore around, too, in the third segment. Mm. So, uh, the, you're you're playing basically the most dumbed-down version of this game in this next portion. Um, and this okay. is where I go, uh, just speaking of this next portion now... This is where I go, yeah, I could see a multiplayer game built off of this because it's a more simplistic version of the game inscription. Um, but I think there's a lot to explore, and I really do think you should take your time and look around and kind of take in the character of this world that they've built um, in this 2D segment. Um, because it'll explain sort of some of the stuff that was happening in the cabin. Yeah, that's cool. That you may not have answers to. I'm um, really interested to see what that third section looks like, because as soon as we got to the second section, 
you know, without really knowing anything more of the story or anything that's happening, it gave me a little bit of a Matt Hazard vibe and feeling kind of like the evolution of games because I'm like, all right, we started a new game, so this is before what we did in the cabin and everything looks more pixelated and kind of lower res. So just trying to look at the progression from that to the cabin to, I assume, whatever comes after the cabin. So I... Without knowing what's going on, I, I just it gave me this kind of like same character, same concept evolving through the ages. It reminded me a lot of Eat Lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think's going on? I think is more interesting to me at this point as someone that's gone through it before. What do you think is going on, Matt? I mean, That's, Drew doesn't have an answer, Matt. I mean, it, no, no, I there, have I mean, an There answer. could be a lot of things. I, I kind of, I, I either wanted to go like, "Are you afraid of the dark?" style, and it was like something where it was a legend or a story that got, you know, and it turned into this cursed game, and you know, now it's like now people are getting trapped in it, and you know, maybe it started off as like a. As a mystery or like a scary story, and that's what that's what led to the game. But I, I don't know. There's so so many different things. I, I don't know if there is even an. I don't know. That was my that was my first thought. Was just with the horror theme. I'm like, oh, maybe I've been watching too much. I I will spoil something somewhat. That horror theme will not return. Oh, um, that is very specific to that segment of the game, and that's the reason why. And I spoil it because that's the reason why when like the descriptors that it's like a horror card game, I'm like, ah, you're gonna. And that's the reason why I told you, Drew, before you started, like, not really, because that is not the goal. Like, to give you creepy vibes is not the goal of the rest of the game. So by that, do you I mean think the it was... atmosphere of the cabin section, or do you mean the almost Blair Witch parallels and there's a, there's a cursed item in the game? Like, the game is um, a cursed item. Uh, I meant more of, like, the atmosphere of the cabin. Okay. Like, the atmosphere of the cabin, you know, you see the character and he's in shadows, and you just see his eyes, and and there's a lot of mystery there. Yeah. Um, that is not the case with the rest of the game. In fact, you're about to kind of... It's about to sort of show its hand. Haha, <laughs> pun <laughs> intended. Um, on what is going on. Uh, right now you're about to go through kind of a lore dump. Because, I mean, every card game has some sort of lore. And... Uh, that's the reason why I'm saying like you, you really pay attention to what's going on there because there's gonna they're gonna explain stuff and you're just, if you're just jamming through to skip text you're not gonna get to appreciate it. Yeah. The only other thing I thought was that right at the beginning of Act Two when you see these like when you're picking of your four decks like that you know there's a little bit of talk about the the deck owners and you know that kind of made me think that each each of those owners was a previous game player and it's, you know, this kind of like battle through the ages of, you know, this, this, this back and forth battle between these four game masters, if you will, or whatever. You, you will get to see them in that world too. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, I've I, I feel like I've played more than Matt has. Maybe. I'm assuming you, I, you I, went to the cabin first. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got a little bit more of the story there. But what do you think is going on? Even with that little bit more, I don't think you're far enough ahead to fully put it together yet. But So I'm kind of interested on think like hearing what you think. So these these four uh, these four decks or four game masters as Matt calls them. Uh, you know, you got the the mages, robotics, the wild or the the, the beasts, and then you've got um, the dead. I feel like they are like some kind of like gods and leshy. Leshy is the one that we just went through, yes. Yeah. The Leshy, Leshy somehow or did something and trapped the other three gods in his card game. Because the the three cards that we get that help us throughout the first portion of this game are the three other gods or three other deck mm. creators. That would be pretty cool. But Leshy plays it off as like it was just for fun? Or wouldn't, I think he said the line of, wouldn't it be nice to be, uh, 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 uh it would be nice to be a, a wild animal or something like that. You're gonna see a lot of other characters too in this, uh, I mean, you battle a bunch of different characters in this section. Um, yeah. So, like, they'll kind of expand on what's happening, too. Um, or at least paint a better image so you can understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I should ask. Uh, did you guys randomly, just a, a one-off question, did you do anything with the ringworm in Act 1? No, never touched it. No. Because it's kind of an awkward, it's, it's a squirrel, but you have to pay blood for it. Well, if you... I don't even remember grabbing it, to be honest with you. I picked it up a few times and mostly ignored it because it was almost literally a useless creature. But it it has a, a use if you feed it to the villagers. Like if you sacrifice it at the campfire. Right? Because they'll come in and eat your animal. Well, it's ringworm, so it's like a parasite. And if they eat it, it like kills off all the villagers. Huh. So that you can not have to worry about them eating the rest of your animals. There's a lot of weird shit like that in yeah. this game that I feel is purely based on, like, circumstance. Yeah. Like, having two things that you just... Oh, the two things just collide in the middle of the night perfectly for you to have that event happen. Yeah. Um, Some of it's cool because the talking characters tell you about it. But this, this one I thought with the ringworm is kind of cool because... It's not completely random because you you see this creature and it's like it's pretty pointless, like to the point where it must do something else. I meant yeah. more of like, so you you had ring you got the ringworm creature, and then you also had the like the event happen where you got to like yeah. you're not guaranteed to visit a fire. Right, yeah. like even yeah. with choices, sometimes the fire is not there for you. Like that's the reason why I'm like, there's a lot of stuff like that in this game uh, that just continues to happen. Where you're like, oh man, if I had that there, yeah. that does a thing. 
yeah, it's really cool. They've built a lot of, like, secret things to figure out in this game. There's a achievement for stealing back one of the cards stolen by the fisherman. God, I don't even know how to do that. So you get his hook after you beat him. Oh, yeah. oh right, yeah. He steals it. You use your hook to steal the character back. I did. I got and one like, random achievement that was like finish, you know, de- deal damage or, or or finish off an enemy with squirrel damage. With squirrel yeah. damage, yeah. yeah I, did, I got that but one I, too. I mean, it wasn't really a squirrel. It was from the amalgam because it counts as everything. Yeah, the so we. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I like again. This game is just like, I, I love it, and I want to talk about it, but I also can't spoil <laughs> it, and I'm, I'm just driving me up the fucking wall right now. Um, I, honestly, if you, if there's any section where you're like, I kind of want to do everything, you just walk through. The only section that I'd be like, yeah, you won't spoil everything for yourself. Is if you use this walkthrough in this in this two D segment because there's just some there's some stuff that's hard to find, um, and it'll lock off stuff in the third part if you don't get it in the second part. That being said, it's hard to miss. Like it's if you if you take your time, it's hard to miss. But there's some fuck fuck everything is really wrapped up. The honestly like. I need to just play this game again. <laughs> I, I get the, I get the feeling. I, I know what you're talking about because there was something. There was there's a couple things we didn't mention. The first thing is the rule book. Yeah. The rule book. The rule book shows you everything, what all the sigils do, and stuff like that, with the exception of a few. Well, there's a few that will not show on the card even because they're covered yeah. in ink. They're covered in ink. And there's also those creatures you can get that look like tentacles. That's the yeah. one I'm talking about. Yeah. And I still never actually used any of those tentacle creatures. I did. I can't remember what they do. They have different powers. Yeah, there's like three different uh, tentacle powers, right? Yeah. One of them has to do with bells. Yep. But I don't know what one it does. One of them has to do with basically like the, the it'll like create a chime and then the power is equal to the number of chimes. That, that you like the number of times it's done something like I don't know I don't remember if it was one chime per turn so the power would go up one per turn if you use that ability does it clear it off of the does it clear the ink off of the rule book for that part no no one of them had a power equal to the number of cards in your hand oh wow and the other one I don't know what the other one was Okay. Well, we do have two emails that I would like to read off. Uh, first one comes in from Adam. It has some regards to Death Stranding. Yeah, how, how Drew is wrong for not liking the game. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Let me guess, Hello. you're giving it an 8 out of 10? <laughs> I don't know if I'd even give it that, boss. Oh, why? Mm, mm, I'm going to fight. Uh, I was making fun of Ken there, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> says, hello. Just wanted to quickly say I love this game. Uh, then again, my job in real life is similar to the game. 
So I guess I'm just used to being alone and listening to podcasts. I can understand why people don't like the game. It's not really action-packed, but I find it relaxing. That's when you don't trip up and walking into a delivery station a couple of inches from your goal. Thanks again for the podcast. I just listened to the final episode as I unlocked the Platinum Trophy. Wow. Final stance, 504,282 likes, 87 hours, 43 minutes played, 854.2 kilometers traveled, 527 orders complete, and 69 BT umbilical cords cut. P.S. It's time for the Ready Player Two book episode. You did the year of the bad game. Can you please do at least this one book? I've got that. The year of the bad book. I've got that book on one of my lists. This is your friend in time, Adam from New Zealand. Yeah, it's on one of my thank you for my that. themed year lists. I think we should do it at some point. I, th- I think we could do that. That shouldn't be a problem. Our next email comes in from Dustin. It's titled Inscription. A genre-defying game, if I do say so myself. I heard chatter about this game probably around late summer last year, and all I heard was it was a horror deck-building game, and that's all you want to know. I put it on my radar, uh, then was excited you guys showed interest in playing it very soon, and here we are. This game is wild. My first playthrough, I made it past the prospector and got all the way to the fisherman and got screwed by his damn hooks. Next thing I knew, I was thrown in a dark room uh, and made into a card. Stats were lame, and I was a 1-6 that uh, wouldn't die when sacrificed with a blood cost of 3. Oh, wow. wow, that's a horrible one. Now I'm in a cabin and can explore. What is this game? I found the code to the safe easy, then proceeded to solve a few other puzzles and got some cards. Went back to challenge the mysterious man and was just shy of the fisherman again and got messed up by some kingfisher birds pretty quick. My next card ended up being a beast with 3-7 with poison, instant death, and a blood cost of 1. I named him Damien. (laughs) I also broke the wolf out of his cage that run and was able to get the knife. My third run ended pretty quick, but I used the knife and was able to get the eye that sees different stuff in the room. My card was just a throwaway. I don't even remember the stats. I used the eye to get the, get into the cuckoo clock for the roll of film. I challenged the mysterious creature man and built up a solid poison deck with low blood cost, and my card Damien was the star. We blew through the first two bosses, then went to uncharted territory. I managed to get by the trapper with some well-timed items. Ended up beating Swamp Monster Man. Easy, and the moon didn't pose a challenge at all with poison cards. We still fish faces camera and take a picture of him and find the new game button and head into Act 2. I gotta make this email short, but I'll write a longer one for Part 2. So this reading this 
poses a question. What happens if you beat Leshy without getting the role of film? Huh. I... I'm going to take a wild guess and say that there's probably a failsafe that will beat the shit out of you. You think so? Yeah. Um... Let me just see without film. See if that's a thing that happens. I mean, that somebody's already done it. Of course, someone's already done it. Why? Why would I even bring that up? <laughs> um, like that. Oh, look! There's a surprise that somebody on the internet has done something. Um, oh. He gives he 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 <laughs> he makes you into a card still, but he gives you a, it's got a ribbon on it. It says number one. Oh, okay. You are a winner. Over. And then he takes your photo. Click. <laughs> You're a card. <laughs> That's great. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I appreciate both those emails. Thank you very much. But yeah, I want to know what happens in this game. I can't wait. I love this fuck. I like where this goes. Like again, had it just stopped there and been like the weird, creepy, like card game in a cabin, I would have been like, "That's a solid nine. You know, like I enjoyed myself, especially with the addition now of like an infinite mode. I'm like, that was good. It's nice and short. And then I started up. The second half and went, what the fuck? Are you, are you goddamn kidding me that there's a new 2D segment? And then, like, where it goes from here, man, made me very happy. So, it's a once in a lifetime sort of game. And fuck, this guy's pulled it off twice, I think. So, here, here's, here, I'm gonna ask this question, and I know it may spoil a little bit. Do we see YouTuber again? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like that's so, all. So here's, that's all I, I guess. I'm that's gonna, what I want to see when I ask you what's going on. Um, I I really really mean is what do you think's going on in the game or outside of the game? Because there are kind of two uh, simultaneous stories going on. We see YouTuber, and then we have what's going on in the game. Right. So. Uh, I have I have no idea what's going on with this guy. I was thinking he was going to get cursed, and this is going to turn into like a creepy pasta ARG thing. I I will, and then spoil then next, right uh, next post is going to do a video. Yeah, on I it. will spoil. I will spoil it right now. That is not where this goes. So okay. you don't have to worry about like. And I say that because I hate creepy pastas, not because they're scary, but because generally they're bad. And like I don't know, I've. I was there. Hey, everybody, Ben drowned. Get it? Yeah. Um, yep. Cursed cursed video games uh, with the death of a child is pretty kind of meh. Uh, this is working off of that. This is working off of a concept that's a little bit more intuitive. Um, so don't expect. There's stuff going on, but don't expect like you know. Really, it was a possessed soul of a child all along. Like, 
we're higher writing quality than that. Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think I if I was impressed and you know that I'm that's where I like fucking go. Ugh. Like, I think you are going to be impressed by this as well. Okay. There is no trust me. Me, me and you both kind of hate ARGs. <laughs> so 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 there is something that I will uh, expand upon later uh, when we get to it. But because uh, I feel like you're gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to. Um, but uh, other than that, like, yeah, this is pretty much all contained. Um, none of that calling up from a payphone, cicada. Thirty-three hundred one type stuff. Yeah, here's a here's a uh, here's a QR code. Scan it and go to this website that leads to a YouTube channel that only has one video. And the in the video description, there's a link. That crap. I I'm so dumb. Yeah, no, stuff. this is there. Yeah, this is not that. Like, it. It's this guy is. So you, neither of you have played Pony Island. No, but no. I'd like to. Okay, so I will talk. Okay, so I will talk about that next week or whenever you guys hit that point I will talk to you uh, th- throughout the weekend then we can talk about it some more in detail on the podcast but like I play Pony Island based off of the um, recommendation of a Stephanie formerly Jim Sterling um, I say formerly because they still work under that name on YouTube uh, and um didn't know what I was expecting from it, and it kind of blew me away. Um, and this game did so even more. So okay, I think I think if you go through it kind of in reverse order, I had not played the hex, so I can't speak to what that game does. But I think uh, if you go in reverse order, you'll see the DNA of Inscription without as good of a gameplay loop. Um, in in Pony Island, but don't play Pony Island before Inscription, knowing that now. Like, don't try to go backwards to go back to Inscription later; it'll ruin it for you. Okay. All right then. Well, if you would like to send us an email, it is Drew at ztgd dot com. That email has been fixed. I promise. <laughs> sure. And um. If you would like to uh, tweet to us, I am at DML Fury. That is at REMGS. And Anthony is at Complacent Robot. I promise I'll be less coy in like, having to toe the line next week when I'll just go into full <laughs> spoiler mode. Stop being coy, well, head. It just, it's, it's annoying because this is, this, is, this is one of my favorite games I've ever reviewed. And I can't okay. talk about it. Well, hopefully, <laughs> like, hopefully we get the reveal okay. all next week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, I think you only have, at most, like, two more podcasts out of this. Knowing how... I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to beat it, so, we'll see. Alright. But yeah, that's gonna be it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening. And, um, you guys have a really good week. And if you are playing along with us, please, please, send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But until next time... I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And I'm stuck at home. (laughs) (laughs) And we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll be back with more Inscription. Inscription.